Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today I have invited Mary Jolkowski back on the podcast. Let me tell you about Mary. Growing up in middle America, Mary was taught alongside a nation of peers that cannabis was a dangerous and harmful drug. After she suffered a significant injury in her 20s, she discovered cannabis as a preferred treatment for chronic pain during recovery and has continued to find value in cannabis as a medicine and a means for self-development ever since. Mary is the cannabis librarian on Pick My Brain, where she provides knowledge services to the canna-curious public. Born from the understanding that the most harmful aspect of cannabis has been its prohibition, Mary aims to fight stigmas and adjust social perception with accurate information, thoughtful discourse, and engaging education. Mary, welcome back to the Me Time Midlife podcast. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me. I am delighted to be back. It is great to have you back. And you actually, I have done now over a hundred and I don't know when this was, by the time this comes out, but over, over 120 or 30 episodes. And you were my number six most downloaded episode, meaning that you were a very popular guest. Um, and that's great because women are interested about, in learning about cannabis uh, to help them with their wellness. So I'm excited to talk with you today about uh, cannabis and alcohol. Um, so yeah, you're, you're a great guest and I love having you back. That's fantastic. So thanks to your listeners for downloading that and giving it a listen. I really appreciate it. And for any of those that are coming back for round two, even better. Um, I'm really glad that this topic is getting some attention, especially from I think an un underserved um, portion of the population that can really benefit from cannabis. Absolutely. I completely agree. Many of my clients and women, I, when I go out and I, I talk uh, about wellness uh, with, you know, women in midlife, um, you know, a lot of women, they have a stressful day at work and they come home and they open that bottle of wine and they have a couple of glasses and um, we know that that just, you know, disrupts their sleep. And then if their mm -hmm. sleep is disrupted, then it affects their mood the next day. It affects their um, food choices the next day. It affects whether they want to exercise or not, you know, and then they're tired and stressed again from work. So they come home and then the cycle kind of continues. So that's mm -hmm. why I'm interested in talking with you about uh, cannabis and alcohol, because it is a very uh, you know, top of the mind um, conversation that I have with my clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, this plant is taking the world by storm again. It's uh, prohibition has been a very interesting practice in suppressing it, but it's nature and it's always been around and it's always going to be around. And it's really delightful to see it coming back in such a strong way and with a really refreshed message of health and wellness and understanding it scientifically and how it works with the human body or basically all mammals really um, that's why there are 
cannabis products for pets now because uh, mammals have an endocannabinoid system and how that's just um, coming at a great time. I think when many factors in life are leading to stress, whether it's lifestyles, it's commutes, it's um, what's happening in our communities that continuously pile on the stress and we're out looking for new ways to take good care of ourselves in many ways, whether that's how we move, whether that's how we eat, whether that's uh, our thoughts or our practices with ourselves like yoga or meditation. So, and cannabis is yet another approach and how to address our wellness so we can deal with all these multiple stresses that our current society uh, brings to our lives. Mm -hmm. And I feel really fortunate too, Mary, that, you know, we've connected and we're buddies and mm -hmm. um, I, I, I just, I go to you for cannabis information, right? Because I mean, something that's really special about you is that you, you are really a librarian, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Truly qualified and certified. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when it comes to finding information and, and valid information and all of that, um, you are the person. Um, Thank you. Go to. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about alcohol and cannabis. First of all, what are the similarities? Start well, yeah. You know, the interesting thing is right now in society, we sort of see them as similar and sort of not. So with the similarities, it takes this place of um, that maybe naughty thing or that thing we like that is a bit of a no-no for whatever reason. Um, you know, it helps us relax, helps us loosen up, be a little more social, be a little more fun, uh, and just kind of enjoy life a bit more, which you think is good, but actually we have so much pressure to multitask and be productive and successful that that uh, allowance for enjoyment and pleasures is, is sort of curtailed. So when we think about what's the similarity in cannabis and alcohol is that we oftentimes that's the starting place of our perceptions of these two things is that they're here to help us lighten up a little bit and take the pressure off. Um, when we look at both of these things, they're plant-based. Um, alcohol is from grapes or uh, hops or many other plants and cannabis is obviously its own plant. So they're plants that have been on this planet for thousands of years and uh, human cults of, uh, civilizations have been cultivating these plants to create these products, whether they're beers or wine or uh, cannabis was turned into a beverage called bong in India and appreciated. So we have all of this uh, anthropological evidence that ca uh, alcohol, cannabis, and other plant products have been with humanity and used for all kinds of reasons for many, 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 many generations. So hmm. it's, it's in our collective human experience. Uh, and in the positive way, the similar uses or applications are for celebration, for mm. relaxing, for connecting with your community, uh, for recreation, for that enjoyment of life, that enhancing your enjoyment of life, um, which are the good similarities. And uh, you know, I was also thinking the similarities of cannabis and alcohol is that they can both be understood and used responsibly, mm. and they can both be misused and abused uh, as well. So neither is perfectly safe nor you know, perfectly dangerous. Uh, it's all about how you approach it. So, so they're very similar in, in those regards. Yeah. I was just thinking, I mean, the same is true with food. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we can abuse it or we can have a good relationship with it and we, and it 
takes some time to figure that out. I mean, just thinking about alcohol, I mean, if you've ever been drunk, you've ever been too uh, buzzed or, you know, you've gone overboard, Mm -hmm. then you Mm -hmm. you know, right? It's kind of like, and then you know kind of how to be responsible with it and what's a safe amount for you based on Mm -hmm. what you're trying to achieve. And the same is true when you're eating. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you've ever been really, really full and stuffed, then you know, okay, well, that was too much. And and you kind of just adjust Mm -hmm. with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a learning process. I even think of cannabis, like riding a bike or skiing or something that takes a little bit of momentum. You have to kind of get up on your feet and understand the flow of it. And the first time or two um, might be a little bit wobbly and the same with alcohol. Or I was even, when you were talking about getting a little bit too drunk, I was even thinking of a sugar high and like, um, um, I love cupcakes, but not frosting. Cause oftentimes I find buttercream frosting too intense of a sugar rush mm. for me, you know, and we all figure yeah. these things out with our whatever we choose to consume. Right. I like the cake part too. <laughs> <laughs> Especially chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. So those are some of the similarities. And thanks for also pointing out the fact that they're both from plants. I never even I mean, I knew that, but I never put that together. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we talked about the similarities. What are the differences now between cannabis and alcohol? So the differences um, are definitely how they register in the body, how the body receives them and what the body does with those compounds. And that has a lot to do with what you put in it. So is that a light beer or a moderate wine? Is that a stronger uh, liquor? Um, And what is it made out of is one factor. So the density of the alcohol and the frequency and your body composition kind of adds up to one thing. With cannabis, um, I'm not sure how many people are aware of this, but this is what I've learned in my uh, education in the last 18 months, is that the human body has an endocannabinoid system, which Mm -hmm. is often shortened to ECS, endocannabinoid system. And it is a system sort of akin to your nervous system or your parasympathetic nervous uh, system or your digestive muscular system. We have all these systems in our body and we have a whole system designed to receive cannabinoids, which are named for cannabis because cannabinoids are first discovered via the cannabis plant. Um, then you had the uh, beginning part endo, cannabinoid. Endo means from within. So our human bodies create the compounds that are the same as in cannabis. Mm-hmm. So we have a body that produces its own cannabis and can also receive cannabinoids from external sources. Mm which I thought was just absolutely mind-blowing to me. I had no idea. Yeah, that that, is interesting, huh? Yeah, and you know what? When I uh, talked to my parents, especially my mom about this, because this is a, you know, my mom, my parents are from, grew up in the 50s uh, and kind of received all the same information about Mm -hmm. uh, drugs that we all did. So it's a very dangerous drug. So as I talked to my mom about what cannabis is that I learned, and I say, our bodies are designed to receive its compounds and make use of them. That that to me showed me its validity mm-hmm. as a source of nourishment, a source of medicine, and other things. So right there, that was for me pretty much the defining factor in understanding what's the difference physiologically between alcohol and cannabis in the human body. Right there. So the endocannabinoid system and the fact that 
that uh, our bodies are designed to receive it. Um, whereas with alcohol, uh, it, you're, it goes through your liver. I mean, it goes through many processes as you digest it, but um, we're aware that alcohol consumption, you know, large scale ongoing alcohol consumption can lead to health problems, including the liver, because your liver spends so much time processing that alcohol mm-hmm. as it needs to get it out. So in my mind, just in terms of as a human being, what do I want to put in my body? What's the value of different substances like alcohol or cannabis or sugar or caffeine or, <laughs> or kale, you know, all right. these different things we can choose to consume. So the biggest difference, um, as I've learned about cannabis is that we have this endocannabinoid system. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, then as we, as society is starting to research and desiring to understand long-term effects of cannabis use, um, which we don't, quite know because prohibition has meant a lack of of uh, research but um just as you know we had this conversation about alcohol previously and so it got me thinking to do a little research and i found the world health organization did a global study about alcohol and health in 2018 um and i thought wow that's really interesting uh and just at, at a high level of what the risks of alcohol are in the reproductive system and and youth so from conception through your all your developmental stages, it's a risk there. Um, alcohol is a big risk for infectious infectious diseases, uh, including interpersonal activities, <laughs> aka sexual activities. Um, and then it's a alcohol is a huge factor in non communicable diseases such as cardiovascular disease, various cancers, and your liver health. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a big factor for us as we age, right? right. Those are the things that show up over um, a period of time. Mm-hmm. And then another big factor is how alcohol interacts with mental health, how mm-hmm. it affects brain health. And um, then the last part was alcohol and its factor in your health in terms of injury, violence, and poisoning. Mm. <laughs> so those are the big four were like your reproductive health, non communicable diseases, your mental health, and your personal safety, physical safety. So, I mean, cannabis also factors into those factors as well. But according to the World Health Organization, when they look at alcohol, those are the the four main areas where alcohol affects world health um, Mm -hmm. the most severely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. with cannabis, we have yet to see how it affects those, um, but we already know how alcohol um, Mm -hmm. interacts with those so far. And I'm sure your listeners are well aware too. Right. Right. And I mean, also nobody has ever died of cannabis overdose. Did you see, maybe I can send this to you. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know what? There's a, I always want to leave a space for the things we don't know. So we don't know if anybody's had a direct cannabis overdose, Mm -hmm. but what I will send to you after this and that you could share with your listeners if you choose is this wonderful meme that is a a silhouette of a unicorn and it says uh you know cannabis deaths are the same as unicorn sightings or something like zero (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're none um i think it's really important to stress when we see stories about um cannabis inclusive deaths I always look at those to see what else was at play, what other substances or what other factors, Mm -hmm. Um, because oftentimes it's, oh, someone died of cannabis. Well, was it 
cannabis and alcohol or was it cannabis and some prescription pills or other factors? Right. Um, Because as far as we understand right now, there is no lethal dosage of just cannabis to Mm -hmm. the human body. Mm -hmm. Right. But alcohol, as we're talking about differences, I mean, how many people have, you know, died from alcohol? I mean, yeah, other drugs, I think as well. So in that report, um, because that's something I am curious about as well. And when I keep an eye on Googling that, um, the stat for alcohol-related deaths in North America might just be the States, but I believe it's North America. It's about 88,000 per year. Mm -hmm. And this World Health um, Organization report on alcohol worldwide said that 3.3 million deaths were attributed uh, to alcohol. Mm-hmm. in its research period. So yeah. Um, when we think about severity and scale, there's a lot of attention to new illnesses like mm-hmm. the vape illness. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, many people were sick and died and that's terrible and nobody wants that. Um, and it really made a lot of people that I know and myself also pay close attention to these products and these phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time as someone says, oh no, the, the vape pen health crisis. I think, when do we hear about how many people are going to lose their lives to some alcohol related issue on, in a single day? We just never think about those things. They're just sort of part of the fabric of society, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think the good thing with cannabis is that people are realizing the safety of it on its own and are starting to, to remember that, oh yeah, alcohol and other things do have their own aspects that we want to consider in the bigger picture. So that's, what's really cool about cannabis. It's, it's helping everybody kind of sit up and think, well, wait a minute, there's, you know, more options here for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's talk about how society sees both of these drugs and how they treat them differently, possibly. Mm. Well, I think you know you and I were speaking recently, and I was a bit amused at some recent experiences I was having uh, with some of people in my world. Um, now I'm in cannabis and educating myself, and quite excited, and also keeping in mind where society's at. And I like to share what I'm learning. And there were two different colleagues uh, from my old corporate life that I happened to come across and have nice little chats with, and mention cannabis and. Uh, one of them, I recommended a book. I just, this person reminded me of a book and I said, Hey friend, I just thought of this, thought of you when I was reading this book, if this interests you at all. And it was about, um, plant medicine and his response was, I'm not into drugs. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just said, that's an interesting, um, response to a book recommendation. Um, and then a few days later seeing another friend and again, just talking about, cannabis and and asking that friend who was um, someone who's grown up in British Columbia here which has a bit of um, reputation for people being comfortable with cannabis and other plant medicines so I thought as a person who's grown up here maybe he would have some um, experiences to share and virtually identical response was I'm not into drugs Mm. and um, both of these people I had these conversations with are people that um, I've gone out for drinks with and have experienced them being intoxicated and knowing that's part of their, their choices in their lives and just kind of thinking that's interesting that in their minds, there's this 
Mm. Very clear definition or differentiation between alcohol, including hard liquor, uh, versus cannabis, or I believe one conversation was talking about mushrooms and that sort of thing. Um, and that very hard line where it kind of surprised me because I thought, wait, but they're all kind of mm-hmm. in there together. But remembering that in society, as we've been, we've all been taught, you know, many generations now, I think, you know, it's been about 80 years that uh, alcohol is okay. It's part of culture and society. You have your learning curve, you have your, you know, youthful initiation, whether that's, you know, university or what have you. Um, but then cannabis and other um drugs or plant medicines uh, have been prohibited, uh, removed from society, so you can very well grow up and never have any contact with any of these things and never think about them, um, aside from that dare class you had as a kid. Did you go through a dare class? I did. <laughs> yeah, the dog. Mm-hmm. That yep. dog, yeah. That dog. And then the brain on drugs commercial, of course, where they crack open, they crack that, that egg and put it on the frying pan, and that's what your brain on drugs is. Yeah. But one of my friends I spoke to when his response was, no, I, I don't mm-hmm. do any drugs. And I sort of laughed and I said, well, do you mean like the frying pan that this is your brain on drugs? <laughs> and he's, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's drugs, you know? Uh-huh. And I, and, um, and I respect, you know, where people are at. So if that's, you know, the extent of the conversation, that's, mm-hmm. that's fine with me, but it, it's an interesting reminder that, that's, that's what we've been taught. And so it's okay to come from a place of that to, if you're feeling like this is a bit frightening, it's an unknown thing. And I've always been told that it's very dangerous. That apprehension is completely normal. Mm-hmm. So there's many people like myself and in cannabis that are just saying there's new information out there. We're all, we're all learning this together. Right. And, and also as I've learned, no one is quite the expert yet. So there's this huge space mm-hmm. to learn. So you're not quite missing out if mm-hmm. you're just sort of turning your attention to cannabis or other plant medicines. Welcome to the conversation. Yeah, this is what exactly. We're doing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And there are other people who are uh, interested as well and, and have questions and, you know, are, are trying to figure it out as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I want to make sure we have time for me to ask you, I think like I did last time in case we have some new listeners who want to try cannabis but they never have or maybe they've had a bad experience in the past uh, in high school or in college or something um, but before we get into that last question um, just let's take a couple of minutes to talk about uh, we talked about cannabis on its own we talked about alcohol the similarities and the differences how society views both of these but what if you consume them at the same time what if you consume alcohol and cannabis at the same time? Um, That's a great question. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had an interesting chat with someone a couple months ago about these things and how he, as a young person, had cannabis and alcohol at the same time and had a terrible experience. Mm. And um, and I was just asking about how it, it came to that and what was, was it friends? Was it, what was the context? And to my surprise, I never really thought this, I thought this would be, but he said he, at that time, cannabis was so shameful to him that he said he had to be drunk first to be willing to try cannabis. Huh. And I thought, what? And, but he, cause, and he was completely acknowledging that he was stigmatized at the time and that he has you know, no issue with it now, et cetera. But as a young person, he was taught so severely that cannabis was, um, a dangerous and drug that 
he felt shameful for mm. being okay with trying it. But if he was drunk first, then his inhibitions are lower. Right, so right. sure, now he can take a puff. But as he learned later that uh, combining the two is not good for the body um, and definitely not something you'd want to do a first time. So my very strong advice um, to anyone, if you're curious about anything, number one, we all have these amazing things called computers and phones and search engines and a world of information at our fingertips. So don't be afraid to just start doing your own research. If you're curious, start digging around. But I'll shorthand it by saying uh, what I've learned is that cannabis basically helps facilitate other substances in the body. Mm. Um, so the benefit of that is that it, it helps other things be more effective, but unfortunately, if it's increasing the effectiveness, that could turn that other substance into too much. Mm. So if you have alcohol in your system and you're at about a two drink feeling, and then you have some cannabis, it might increase mm. that feeling to a three or four drink feeling right away, mm -hmm. uh, like be feeling more drunk. Um, so what I've heard, if I would not advise this, but if you're thinking to pair the two, is um, have your cannabis first and see where you feel with your cannabis. And then if you were to have a little alcohol on top of that, because then you'd feel it more directly because with cannabis, um, especially with edibles, it can take a while to kick in. So mm -hmm. I would advise don't combine the two if you can help it. Um, but if you are a little curious, at least see how your cannabis feels first. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I was also thinking about the popularity of CBD and mm -hmm how there are um, products where there's CBD drops. You can add a few of these CBD drops to your beverage, whatever that is, and then have a nice relaxing beverage, like a nice tea or like whatever. But of course you could add drops to anything like alcohol. And I've heard of this concept of like a CBD beer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've heard of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm sure the wine market um, will pick this up because CBD is a popular health product right now, especially with women. Um, and what I've been learning about CBD is to be very careful with it. And that's uh, this notion that it's very safe. It's safe on its own, but it's as soon as you combine it with other things, whether it's alcohol or pharmaceuticals, it's a different story. And that, especially if you're on pharmaceuticals, to definitely do a little research and see if there's any counterindications between the pharmaceutical and CBD before combining those. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the same with alcohol. So I was, but I was Googling and then also another point to make when we're doing our research is do a bit of digging and see what different answers you get to your questions. Because in on page one of Google, when I said, you know, CBD and alcohol, there were both pros and cons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> one was, well, be careful that CBD might make your alcohol more effective in your body. You might feel more drunk. So it might be more dangerous. Um, I saw one thing citing research that was placebo, alcohol, alcohol and CBD, or just CBD. And it said the the research participants that had alcohol had, you know, the biggest effects, the CBD add in was maybe a somewhat tweak up, um, but that the CBD on its own was not totally safe, like the placebo. So I just wanted to advise people to be really considerate when ever combining any cannabis products with alcohol and CBD is a cannabis product. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to stress to be very careful with CBD products. 
despite the, this common uh, notion right now that it's quite safe. It's safe in a way, but just be careful and, and mindful of what you're doing. Actually, I would love to have you back to talk just about CBD. I think that um, that would be a great topic for us to, to go over and also different ways to consume cannabis. I would like to have you back to talk about that. Um, but we just have a couple more minutes, Mary. So um, let's, uh, uh, can, you, can you offer some advice to someone who's never tried cannabis but would like to? I know with just a couple minutes left, it's hard to, <laughs> to do mm-hmm. that. But, um, but what would you advise someone to do? Okay. In short order, um, like I said, research is always your friend. And in, right now, it's important to know what's going on where you live. So I would advise if you're curious about cannabis, what are the regulations where you live? Is it legal or illegal? And if it's not legal, what are the ramifications of taking an illegal substance? Um, so that's number one. We want preferably a legal market so you can get regulated products so that you know that they're safe. So my second a tip is if you're going to take a product, make sure you're understanding if you can discern whether it's a regulated product for your own safety, mm-hmm. because there's still many, we call it gray market products that are unregulated, that it might not even be the cannabis in it that could be dangerous. It could be some other unknown product because it's just not a tested known product. So mm. number two is if you're going to take something, really pay attention to what that thing is. Um, and number three, if you get to that point of, I'm in a place where I can get a good product. Number two, I found a product that I feel com- you know comfortable is regulated and safe. So you get to step number three of taking it is the universal advice right now is to start low, which means a very low dose and go slow, which means give it time. So you have your CBD oil that you feel confident in. You have an evening you know, where nothing's planned, no distractions, no need to get in the car. And you're at home. Mm-hmm. And, and just try it out and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel anything tonight, don't try any more tonight. Give mm-hmm. it a different day because things might take a few hours to mm-hmm. kick in. So that's my advice is know what's up in your community, find uh, a safe product, and then start low and go slow. That's great. That's easy to remember, low and slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome, Mary. Well, listen, again, I want to have you back talk about CBD and various ways to consume cannabis. Um, But in the meantime, if anybody is listening and you want to know more about cannabis, I highly, highly recommend Mary. Um, And she is on Pick My Brain. I'm going to put all of your links, Mary, um, Mm -hmm. in the show notes so people can contact you. And um, Mary's great. She'll answer your questions Mm -hmm. and she'll help you out no matter where you're starting from. I love questions. She loves <laughs> questions. Yeah. I'm on uh, Instagram, Facebook, pick my brain, just shoot me a question. We'll figure out a way to connect. I can send you a link to something if it's a real quick a question. I love questions. I love to know what people are curious about. So I look forward to talking to them and I really thank you again for inviting me back. Awesome. Thanks, Mary. Thanks so much, Kim. If you find the Me Time Midlife podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. The best way is to simply tell your midlife friends about it. It also helps the show's visibility if you rate and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or simply directly in your Apple Podcasts app if you listen to the show that way. 
And if you want more me time in your life and continue the conversations we have on the show with other women on a similar journey, consider joining our me time midlife community on Facebook. Simply search for me time midlife community in your Facebook search bar or go to metimemidlifepodcast.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, remember, you've been taking care of everyone else. It's your turn to take care of you.